0: Shall we begin? Hey everyone and welcome to Legion Quest, your number one destination for all things related to the FX program Legion. I'm Zach Jenkins and with me, as always, is my co-host, Matt Sibley. Matt, how you doing today? Pretty good.
1: The house which I now live in is is not increasingly warm. It is not horribly cold.
0: Yeah, I don't know what's been going on with weather in the world right now, because September got very, very hot, mm. and I have no idea why.
1: And it's died down now, and luckily it's at the time when I have to like be isolated in my room with doors closed and things.
0: Yeah, that's that's better. That's good, good timing. So, uh, this month, since Legion is still not on the air... <laughs> It's still not we are in the dog days of the off season.
1: It's been almost it's, six months.
0: Hey, but the good news is, as we found out yesterday, Legion has just started filming. Which is exciting.
1: Yeah, they're filming the filming it's a pool, isn't it? And
0: like, yeah. the one that you have outside well, what, the back of the house. Yeah, what's with them in swimming pools? I
1: don't know, maybe maybe everyone just likes swimming pools and they want to swim more. And they, you know, they walked right. in breaking story.
0: I mean, like, swimming pools are pretty cool. Mm. They're really nice when someone owns one and you know that person. Not when you own one, but... <laughs> Look, like...
1: Not true. I have so I'm...
0: <laughs> no, it's not a joke. I'm telling you, man. Like, I bought a house a couple years back and the house had a hot tub with it. I wasn't going to go out of my way to buy a hot tub, but if it's already hooked up in there... Mm. I said, okay, that's fine. We'll just use it. That thing is a pain to uh do upkeep on i can't imagine a pool a large pool having to do that upkeep that's oh not fun
1: we had family friends who who built one in their you know the back of their garden and then eventually realized we're gonna have to then build like an entire kind of conservatory style building for it so it doesn't freeze over in winter and things like that
0: oh you just have to pump that down it's fine it's just a lot of water to move
1: But now it's filming maybe three, four months, and it'll be
0: back. Yeah, that's literally all we know about filming. We know that they are definitely filming, and it's definitely a pool.
1: But on the roller coaster, we've reached the furthest point down, and we're now slowly climbing back up.
0: Yeah, which is good. We're going to get, maybe we'll get a trailer sometime in the next couple of months, or at least a marketing poster that we can overanalyze again. Those are fun. Casting news. Yeah, there's... Uh, I don't know how people do podcasts in the off-seasons of TV shows.
1: At least we don't we're still... in 2018.
0: Yeah, that's nice. Every single Game of Thrones podcast is now like... We have to fill
1: 52-plus weeks.
0: Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's why we're on a monthly schedule. <laughs> we thought that through. Can you imagine trying to listen to us babble for a month? That does not sound fun.
1: We'd be at, like... Last last time when we were sort of like it's still the off season, we would have been at that point early May.
0: <laughs> yeah, oof, that's hard to think about. So the other uh, bit of X Meny TV news is that The Gifted, a new program on Fox, one it starts on is it the second October second? Yeah, that sounds right. Which should be very close to when you you know download and mm-hmm. listen to this. And they have released the first six minutes of the show.
1: And we won't get which, too in depth in it, but it seems promising
0: from that. Yeah. as a nice study pace. So, yeah, it seems like some good good action stuff. It's very. It feels a lot more X Men than I expected the first six minutes of the show to. Like, yeah, well, it's, I it starts my, with them on the run. Yeah, I found myself getting into it. Mm. I was like, okay, I, I can deal with this, this sounds fun. People are going to throw comparisons to Heroes around a ton of this show, I can already tell.
1: Yeah, I can see them. Well,
0: Well, what's funny is I watched Heroes on its initial run. And the entire time, like, I think IGN was actually running articles about which Heroes characters were most like which X-Men characters and what plots they were directly lifting from X-Men. And now we've come full circle. Hmm. But,
1: you know, presumably this will be better than Heroes in the long run.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Cause Heroes, uh, it lost some steam real quick. There were there were a handful of shows where the writer strike of 2007 did a lot of damage. Mm. <laughs> Heroes got hurt a lot. Pushing daisies, lost everything it had. It was bad times for a lot of people. Yeah,
1: but we'll always have the Brian Singer episode of Heroes, which.
0: No, Wait, Brian, I'm no, sorry.
1: What, Brian Fuller?
0: Okay, I was about to say, I was like, that's...
1: There are are two Bryans in this conversation. (laughs) Ah,
0: Yeah. (laughs) Though Bryan Singer is directing the first episode Mm. of The Gifted, so there may be some visual and directional continuity with the X-Men films, even if this stands in the same type of bubble of legion of yeah it's x-men related but don't overthink
1: it Mm. and the way that singer kind of directs powers and things like that works in this more muted setting, rather than like a main x-men cast which has to be a little bit more fantastical
0: oh yeah i mean this feels like this six minutes it's because it's an action scene uh it feels like the days of the future days of future past sequences Mm. but on a tv scale which works like it's It's exciting stuff. It gets to the point that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. took, like, a season and a half to get to, Mm. as far as their action goes.
1: Yeah, and it's an imitatable style as well. It's not asking for too much.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's something that someone's going to be able to jump in and run with. Mm. So, that'll be cool. Should we get to the main event? Uh, Yeah, we should get to the main event. (laughs) Now, uh, the uh, show Legion... Is you know it's based on character David Haller, and while it's not directly based on any one thing, there's kind of pieces of every part of his character in there. One of the arcs that's most influential in just actually making it so that you could think, oh yeah, I could do a Legion TV show, is Cy Spurrier's run on X Men Legacy from 2012,
1: which came before his X Force run.
0: Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, it does. And it's it's a lot of fun. This is a real good, interesting arc. Now, Matt, you had a lot of thoughts on this, so I'm going to let you jump right in.
1: Okay, so the way I came to this was, I feel like it wrapped up a few months before I got into comics proper, and then eventually you know, people asked for shorter run recommendations, like the 12 to 24 issue stuff. So the same way that people would be like, oh, you could read Vision and things like that now. This run was recommended and I had Marvel Unlimited. I tried it out and I really adore it in like the same kind of reverence as Whedon's Astonishing and Morrison's New X-Men. Even if it's not as great as those, it is kind of one of the ones which I will recommend as much as those.
0: And um, Oh, yeah. it It does a lot of interesting things that Many runs don't even get an opportunity to approach. Like it's, It has such a good high concept mm. and runs with it that it's it's enjoyable just to see what they do with it. And it's
1: also because it would have come after Spurrier's X-Club, which was a really short run that includes characters like uh, Dr. Nemesis. And it shows that he can yeah. do absurdist ideas but still give it a sense of gravitas without it sort of being purely like comedy-driven.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Cause that that X Club run—that's some good comics. That's a lot of fun. Mostly because Doctor Nemesis is a delightful character, in one that I would not be shocked if he showed up in the show Legion, uh, he, like just, at all. He's in that realm he just God. walk right on. Yeah, he's he's the perfect. He's a hyper real character that works right for Legion as a show. Like, he's goofy, but he's not goofy enough that he wouldn't feel like he's in the team, you know, on the show. Though, I don't know if he might clash with some of the existing characters and personalities that are already there. Mm, but he can function sort of like a low-key Deadpool way as well. You know, I would have never described him as that, but you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. So uh... the run came out in
1: omnibus earlier this year, and I have it in front of me. And it is admittedly a thin book because Marvel's paper quality has kind of gotten thinner over the years.
0: Right, but right. at the same
1: time, it is you know, it is a sturdy book. And if you were trying to flick through every page as fast as you could, there may be an issue. But reading it as you would, it's fine. Do it that way. Most of the art looks great in the oversized format. It's it's missing. Uh, X Men Legacy three hundred, which was like the three tales that came after the
0: end of the run proper, which is it really? Yeah, which the the forget me not stuff. Yeah,
1: which surprised me, but I can kind of see why it's not in here.
0: I mean, it's it's more a thematic con- uh, continuation of X Men Legacy than is anything to do with the uh, you know David Haller story. Mm. But I would, I would, I mean, I kind of. Con- I kind of think of that as him wrapping up a lot of the ideas of the run, mm. even if there's no real continuity to it, because it's a it's a street standalone issue. Huh, yeah. that's weird.
1: Mm. Which struck me at the first time because I assumed it was just the solicitation mistake or something. But right, it, like even just the forget me now stuff, I was like, maybe it'll be counted as extras, but wasn't in there, which is a shame, but is presumably readily available.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's on Unlimited. Yeah. You know, I think it's actually collected in trades <laughs> in the Spurrier X-Force run. Like, I think it's in Volume 2 of his X-Force run or something.
1: <laughs> that's odd.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's where Forget-Me-Not shows back up, <laughs> so it makes some sense. And that run itself is only, like, 14 or 15 issues, so I think they needed to pad out the trade a little. Mm, great. Yeah, so uh the the high concept of this book it's uh, David Holler is dealing with, you know, all these conflicting internal uh, personalities that all have different powers. He's trying to control them and he goes to Tibet to like actually do that and he's having a lot of success only to find out that uh somebody killed his father. And he's not taking that very well. Um, I mean, look, we're not going to get into my feelings on Avengers vs. X-Men. That's that's going to get too deep. But Charles Xavier does die, and that kicks off the
1: whole arc. I think one of the things on this reread I noticed was how well it fits into continuity, not just because of that, but there's later things. Like, it handles Red Skull better than Uncanny Avengers does at the time.
0: Well uncanny Avengers using red skull was kind of the worst part of uncanny mm. avengers yeah like
1: it's not hard to use him better but it's dealing in similar ideas and shows how like every yeah of nuance could be brought to it yeah
0: because what in this run he is if i'm remembering right because i'll be honest i didn't have a chance to reread this before this podcast it kind of caught up you know slipped up on me it's like oh dang we have this to do and then it was thursday night and i was like okay i have 24 issues to read that's probably not happening is it no so i'm doing a little of this from memory but correct me if i'm wrong because i know you take meticulous notes uh red skulls running a pharmaceutical firm that's taking away mutant powers controlling them?
1: essentially um then david shows up under the guise of Wanting to have his powers removed. But it's okay. yeah, it's not obvious that it's a Red Skull in pharmaceutical place.
0: Right, un- until you get to the next set of covers, but still. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, like, speaking Which... of the covers as well, they look so good.
0: Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to mention. Uh, they're done by Mike Del Mundo. Uh, I don't know if this was his first real set of big covers, but... It's where things really. It's where I first started to notice that he was one of the best cover artists in the game.
1: Mm. Like, like the first one is uh, David in a strange jacket, but then also mixes in, you know, like fragments of panels of Magneto, Cyclops, and Professor X.
0: Yeah, and Wolverine and oh, yeah. Cable. And there's a lot to this. Like mm. I'm, I'm looking at it now. It's a little frustrating that I can look at each one and know exactly what cover they pulled it off of, but it's <laughs> it's a cool design to show how conflicted David is.
1: Yeah, and there's a ticking time bomb version of multiple Davids. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it adds some consistency to the run as well, and I can't think of a point where I was like, uh, you know, there's another one of the jigsaw here, which... Isn't, like, isn't purely just like a two D jigsaw. It's like a three D model, and the head's the head's been taken off. Yeah, and it really shows Del Mundo's inventiveness and the fact he was able to do this for twenty four issues.
0: Oh yeah, because each one of these covers are just fantastic. I the covers hmm. on this are a delight, and he's con- Del Mundo has continued to do that kind of good work with things like Elektra. Uh, he did the covers in the uh, interiors on that. And then right now, he is on uh, Wade's uh, Avengers run. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, which... He
1: did cover some vision before that.
0: Yeah, he's very good at art. Ooh, and Carnage. His Carnage covers are... oh, Those are bananas, and I love it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Those were... Those were, like, a little different. I think those were kind of more painterly, but it showed that, you know, if anything, that just showed... How multi-talented he is? Yeah,
0: he's got he's got range, uh, and he does good interiors on stuff like uh, what Weird World, the uh, both Jason Aaron and the Sam Humphries run. Oh yeah. yeah, I forgot.
1: That seems like so so long ago. But...
0: It's weird that they spent a good you know year saying Weird World is the next big thing, and they immediately dropped it when mm-hmm. no one cared, which yeah. is a bit of a shame.
1: Well, maybe that's yeah, that's. Maybe it's because Humphreys left or something.
0: Well, like that book wasn't selling well in general. And then Sam Humphreys is not a beloved creator in most circles.
1: Well, until Rebirth. Yeah, what's up
0: with that? I don't care. That
1: that, that was one of the very surprising turns.
0: Yeah, but his Marvel work and his image work have been controversial, (laughs) to say the least. One of them's... Because his opening book is about uh, man-dog love? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a form of
1: opinion. Uh, It's called Our Love is Real, if anyone wants to look it I've never read it. uh, It
0: may be a very good story with a very weird premise, but...
1: I think I have it because Image once gave out, like, 200 free comics for free comic book day and comicsology. So, you know, you can really pick and choose.
0: Oh, that's good. So, uh, Back, back on topic. Actually, to X-Men Legacy. Uh, so the big thing is David learning to control himself, and I like the I like the high concept that Spurrier sets up for this. So he essentially sets up David's mind as a prison, and the, yeah, at least first half or so of the arc. Yeah, and at least the first half or so of the uh, the book is him kind of going through and capturing these different personalities and trying to control them which is they're all uh, depicted as completely different characters so one Mm -hmm. of them is Tyrannix the Abominoid, who is this little Cthulhu monster guy that gives him telepathy
1: yeah he's pretty squishy so like you know the big eyes kind of a trunk snout
0: Yeah, he's I don't yeah, he's adorable, and he sticks around for most of the run, because he's just a fun fun little dude. And yeah, there's a lot of really cool ideas in that. What were your uh, thoughts on the way that Spurrier presented that?
1: Well, like I, The opening narration for the book, which is like a place of captivity, a place where the vile and vicious of a dozen realities suffer for their sins, a place where tyrannics, the abominid, swivels and mouth-tube mouth through... Co- Signed by bars to hiss somewhere where iconic ionic scapples dance like hateful angels on the palm of their, his cell neighbor. It's really kind of sweeping and fancy like and isn't just, oh, things are a little bit weird. Like it really drives into it right from the start and it allows for. So like such an inventiveness yes, in Spurrier it all.
0: excels at the weird. He excels at making things mm. not just feel you know random or anything like that, but a complete living world where things are not the way that you would expect them to. And he does very well with. Yeah, very early on in
1: the run, you get kind of something which looks like Groot, but like all of that wood oh, assembles around a pair the, of eyeballs. Uh, what's his name? Uh, it's,
0: what uh, yeah. Is it Luca? Because it's yeah, it's blindfolds. It's blindfolds' uh, I brother.
1: So. I don't... Yeah, yeah. And blindfolds in this run as well it's a very prominent part. Yeah, I didn't realize that she was introduced as early as issue one. Like, having gone through it again this time, you can see the fact that he seeds a lot of stuff. Like there's a, you know, a very brief mention of
0: David's mother early on. Yeah, that, that on. comes back. Doesn't Which exactly work out well for David, exactly. but... No. But it's all there. And... Yeah, they uh, they do a good job layering this together. And actually, they do a good job uh, basing it off of some of the stuff that Mike Carey was doing with Legion in X-Men Legacy before this.
1: Mm. So that would have been stuff like Age of X.
0: Yeah, yeah, all that stuff, yeah. where he had a lot of the... He had a lot of the concepts of the personalities being a little weird, but he didn't push it as far as Spurrier ends up doing. Hmm. Because Spurrier ends up making it crazy. And I think one of my favorite things is how he names the personalities. Like, one of the more uh, prominent ones that's like a giant personality, a giant issue that David can't overcome, is called the Chronodon, which is a dinosaur with a clock for his face.
1: Which is such a great idea. Oh,
0: it's it's awesome. He's he's doing that Grant Morrison things where he finds two words... And mixes them together and figures out what something that those two words together are. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, there's good stuff on this.
1: And so, you know, like, the first half of the run isn't solely contained in this prison-like complex because Davidson, you know, starts out in Tibet. I think one of the things that Spurrier really does well is the way that he cuts between both Mm -hmm. places. Like It's never like, we're going to have a four-page scene here and a four-page scene back in reality and do that for the issue. Like It will occasionally just have a couple of panels in the prison and then change back on the same page. And it allows that flow and building of both simultaneously. Right, because that's
0: how David, uh, I guess, experiences things. He has to live in the real world, but he has to deal with his mental situation. And that, I'll tell you, that's actually one of the parts of this run that I really appreciate. I know... uh, who was it uh comics alliance did a good piece on this recently that i was reading or not recently because they no longer exist i was reading it recently Mm -hmm. uh but on how spurrier presents mental health issues in this one of the things that david's mantra for this entire run is the phrase i rule me he is in charge of himself and he's going to control his mental situation the issue is this is kind of how he wraps up and understands everything david finally gets that he can't control his mental health situation it's it's not something that he can just say and now i'm done with this i don't have to deal with it because i'm in control of it he has to live with it i mean he has a line somewhere where he says you know you, you don't you don't deal with it you just find a way to live with your problems
1: hmm. there's no easy way out yeah so it's not as if know, with a book with a larger cast with David as maybe like one of five main characters, then to go into his mental health would either need like a, an explicit focus on him or a lengthy run to really do as much as this can.
0: Exactly. Yeah, no, this 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 book does a lot of good stuff with that. It plays with it plays with concepts that most comic books, especially big two comic books, struggle with. I mean This run talks about, you know, mental health is a big thing, how pharmaceuticals can really impact that and, you know, kind of talks about the good and the bad that comes with, you know, treating, you know, mental health issues by, you know, just manipulating personalities, essentially manipulating hormone levels and kind of changing a person. It does a lot of that, especially with that red, uh, Red Skull run that it does, it talks about how you know you find love and work with other people while you're having these mental health challenges? I mean, there's there's a lot of big heady concepts in here that are handled very yeah. very well.
1: And like it is really dense. Like that Red Skull arc is only three issues. You know, it's an eighth right. of the run. It's not as if it's a full a full six issues, but it's all in there. Yeah. There's no real stagnation. There's never a point where it's like, okay, we're just biding time so that, like the next big revelation the x-universe can happen and then we can finish yeah, the run
0: i i totally agree with you there
1: and so it also, it is also incredibly sympathetic as well not just with regards to david and his mental health but also in the way that his relationship with blindfold is you know developed over the course because oh,
0: yeah, david is not you know a knight in shining armor in all reality i mean no. he helps he helps out uh blindfold with the issues with her brother who you know in their past was a big antagonist for her but he uh, he's not great. Like there's a there's a one shot in here and I forget which issue it is. Yeah the one the on one the main.
1: main that is
0: issue nine. nine. Oh man, you are on top of this stuff. But essentially it's the story of this vampire guy who lives on the moon and what's his name do you know do you remember what his the vampire dude arkis okay. the ath- athetic oh yep. he is a silver age version of the villain or the vision really, really? i oh I like that. uh oh okay i'm sorry <laughs> i'm
1: i i just wrap my head up it's fine i just wrap my head around everything related to vision and scarlet <laughs> witch and wonder man and uh, just, uh yeah <laughs> that
0: that's a dude on the moon that's the dude on the moon because there is there mm. is a thing where david thinks he's essentially civil war toing him he thinks he's going to do something horrible in the future and mm. blindfold yeah. is telling him you know you can't you can't minority report somebody that's a that's a bad bad thing that's why we've made several movies and bad comic book events about it mm. but uh david goes ahead and kills him anyway
1: in what is maybe the best watchman allegory analogy of recent time like it isn't explicitly this is watchman but it you know it has the moon it has them both on a date of sorts it has a reference. Oh, to okay. I, I see again. what you're
0: talking about. That. Yeah, yeah. I didn't pick up on that initially. Hmm. But Cypher, so I, sp-
1: I don't think it was until the end of the issue when David says the quote of like "I did it," and I was like, "Oh, yeah, this all yeah syncs up I in mean, that way." It's a,
0: it's a good, strong issue, and it shows David as not a perfect character, as someone who's dealing with big Hmm. challenges and his relationship with blindfold she is not just a passive person she is active in that and she if there's something she doesn't like she's not going to deal with it
1: Hmm. it it gives him those external issues as well rather than solely internalizing pain or strife or anything
0: like that so what other parts of the run were stand out for you
1: uh i think everything in the uk is on this time i felt as if that issues thirteen to twenty-four felt like a second season of sorts. It's like I know, Mar- okay. I know Marvel's moved away from like the seasonal model and everything. Eh,
0: I mean, you say that, but then they're explicitly starting a new season of their books just with larger hmm. numbers. Yeah, but you know they're not
1: like they're not going back me, to issue one then.
0: Okay, I mean that's fair. Hmm. That's fair, but yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at Marvel Legacy right now, <laughs> so I imagine. They're they they're doing some sort of seasonal thing, but we're getting die divergent.
1: Yeah, there's kind of a time skip between issue twelve and issue thirteen, and it's then dealing with uh eat wisdom of Excalibur, who is pretty much Nick, but that's also well within Spurrier's wheelhouse to make that entertaining. Yeah. And it feels slightly different to what come to what came before, because that was yeah. the with- a lot of stuff but it, it's really fun and then it's also posing new ways to kind of look at mutants within like a, a current context
0: yeah because david builds a team of mm. uh uk-based mutants like what is it? it's chamber psylocke uh pixie and uh alchemy who's a deep cut
1: yeah i don't think i knew alchemy prior to this <laughs>
0: Uh, he he was actually so fun. Fun divergent thing on him. He was actually a character that was supposed to be from New Mutants mm. that came out of a contest that Jim Shooter ran, where fans could submit their own mutant characters. Mm. And instead of being a New Mutants, he got put into an arc of X Factor, where he got captured by some trolls from Asgard or whatever the troll part of. Mm. Yggdrasil is Jotunheim, and yeah,
1: yeah, okay. He he, he fares much better here. Then.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does well. But I
1: really like the way that it comes around as like offering a solution of sorts.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's part of uh, what Spurrier tries to do. I think a lot of his uh, big two superhero work is to look at here's the standard superhero approach to solving problems. But if we think about this with any sort of real critical lens, that's a bad idea. <laughs> this, it doesn't work. Like, it's it's a horrible choice. It's why, like, no matter how poorly written Civil War was... It gets to a point where you say, yeah, but you also have a lot of nuclear bombs running around, unregistered, unknown to a bunch of people, mm-hmm. and they're being vigilantes, and we're just all okay with that? That doesn't seem like a great idea.
1: Yeah, and then you suddenly were like, wait, superheroes are predicated on, like,
0: individual brands of justice. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, look, like, all superheroes are really the punisher. Mm. But, you know, in terms of they don't kill idea. as much as them. Look, you say that but i i i know for a fact that you know certain x men have eaten stars so
1: mm. I mean, yeah, Just i yeah because we,
0: they're broccoli people doesn't mean that they aren't real people
1: i guess if we convert everything into points then it's a, it would you know work in the same way
0: yeah it's not it's not great ah but yeah but no i i liked i like that Brit, that Britain run i think it's a pretty good arc i'll tell you what i really do like is what comes right after it which is the uh, story about him and his mother
1: oh yeah that's heartbreaking
0: yeah because david has some challenges with you know his mom because she in history she left him at muir island to try and control his powers and that didn't work so well
1: i think to in case people haven't read it is one of the really heartbreaking things at the end of why the last man it's like in a similar way to that in the way that it pulls the rug out from under you
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. we don't See, need to I, that. <laughs> yeah the only reason it didn't hit me like that when i first read it is i had just heard about the run somewhere else and it was someone who was going in depth on that particular issue mm-hmm. now it feels like something that uh Oliver Sava would have written for AV Club, like yeah. on the big issues, called, mm. but I cannot say for sure that that's what it was. No. But so I I knew the I knew the twist going into it, mm. but it still was is a very good memorable issue.
1: Yeah, and again it has those standalone moments, which all you know, build into something.
0: Right, but no, that's that's good, and I think the other big thing is just how the book actually ends. Because it has... It presents a very unique solution to the superheroes. Like, question of, you know, if David's a completely uncontrolled... Like, he's trying to control, but he's a hyper-powerful, you know, omega-level mutant. Mm. And he doesn't think that he can handle it and keep the world safe. What does he do? I think also
1: that the... Last last page specifically is killer because of the fact that it shows a progression not just for David but in like a larger mutant context.
0: Oh yeah, and I'm I'm waiting I'm waiting for someone to follow that up. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to happen. It it has to happen. Mm. <laughs> like this is a this is a TV show on FX, and I know that no one watches it, <laughs> but. It's still an X Men TV show that's very, very good. Mm. So someone, someone's got to follow up on that.
1: Yeah, maybe Gen X or something will.
0: That would be an interesting way to take it because you would have to follow up on the blo- just blindfold as a whole. Mm. And, but I I don't think like the character of David would fit in that book at all.
1: Not, not as a main cast, like. As a maybe, maybe
0: as a backdoor pilot, yeah, that could work. I could see that happening. I could see, you know, when the when uh, you know, a cable finally gets put out to pasture and Iceman <laughs> sadly gets put out to pasture, uh, hmm. and the the you know, X line needs a couple of new books. That that would be an option to jump back and say, okay, yeah. well, let's let's look at this legacy thing now that we have Legion on TV, now that you know, there's a lot more eyes on david holler as a character
1: Hmm. because this really did go under the radar
0: oh yeah because this this was a marvel now book this was a first wave marvel now book and unlike the second wave of marvel now the first wave was a huge deal and a huge success Hmm. and there were a lot of really good books that came out of it and so a a third tier x-men book is probably going to go under the radar for most readers
1: Hmm. like and then as far as I can remember it I remember people talking about Ender's stuff but anything beyond that didn't seem to have really been noticed because of like how expansively good most of them now look like it, you know it's easier to try out something like Thor or daredevil
0: yeah yeah I mean this is it's so it's not a comic that you need a ton of continuity get into but it feels like because it does a good job laying everything out. But it yeah. feels like you know a lot more than you do.
1: Yeah, like Cyclops goes through a couple costume changes over the course of it. Yeah. But he, later, he gets a interview at one point. I think it's a TV one. Where it sort of lays out just enough to understand what caused that change, even if not, not going to into the full detail of like everything between AVX and the Star of Uncanny X-Men.
0: Right. But no, it's a this is a good run, especially if you like the sh- show Legion. You need to check it out. Mm. Uh, what What other thoughts did you have? What else? What else haven't we covered, Matt?
1: We should probably talk about the art, because <laughs> otherwise, okay. the critical critics will get mad at us.
0: That's a that okay. That's a good mm. one. That's actually something I didn't want yeah. to cover. Uh, there's a lot of artists on here. Yeah, do you I've have heard, a list?
1: Uh... Do you just want? You have pencillers? the omnibus in
0: front yeah. of you. That's perfect. That's do, perfect.
1: Thank do you just want pencilers or everyone?
0: I mean, how long is everyone?
1: Not super long.
0: Let's so uh, pencilers. Let's just, let's just,
1: yeah. Pencil pencilers and, and uh, Jorge Molina, Paul Davidson, and Koi Pham. Inkers, Craig Young, Ed Tadeo, Norman Lee, Warden Wong, Jane Leiston. You have a finisher in Jay Leiston again, the colorist, Chris Peter, Rachel Rosenberg, and Jose Villarubia.
0: All right. Now, now, Matt, what what are your thoughts on the art on this book? Uh,
1: I general? think aesthetically, a lot of it works. It's inconsistent in the sense that not everyone has the same style and you know, figure work and things oh, like yeah. that, but the mood and atmosphere they create largely works.
0: So for me, I think... I think there's... Yeah, again, the mood stuff is good. The character design is good. Especially, like, uh, we we talked about it with his other personalities. Very good character design on that stuff. I think a lot of the art feels a little ugly to me in a way that it's not, like, a design choice. It just doesn't all work right for me. Like, uh, Tangan Hutt is not someone who I've ever loved as a comic artist in general so his in him being the primary artist on this run like that's the one thing where i'd give some reservations Mm. about this book is that the art's going to be something that pushes people away
1: it's not that difficult of a book to kind of recommend on a concept but i found when the omnibus came out and people were asking and wanting to see pictures of it that was the bit where they were like oh hang on
0: yeah, cuz there's a lot of there's there's definitely some mm. rough art in here. It's stuff that whether it was a design choice or things got rushed, it feels just a little bit mm. unfinished in will some say, places. I like,
1: I'm looking at Molina's stuff now and it is his line work is kind of less specific and it's not as detailed and like it's the broad strokes, but despite being maybe closer to the house style that also seems stranger because of the fact that the rest of the book has more of a stylized look.
0: Yeah. Like I'm someone hmm. I'm fine with stylized art. I like stylized art. This just, this just didn't hit for me. Uh, and I don't know if that's just, this is an art style that I don't connect with, or if it just straight came down to some of the layouts and some of the, uh, just choices with the art weren't the right ones. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah. But that that's the biggest reservation for this. It's it's hard just to give to literally anyone and say, oh yeah, read like, this book. It's not
1: going to be the first X Men book really to recommend.
0: I mean, no, it shouldn't be. But especially if you like the show Legion, again, go yeah. buy this. And thing. it's available it's very mobile on if
1: if you have it and want to try it before buying the Omnibus. Like I I don't see it going out of print for a little while. Because if it was going to, it would yeah, have been no. gone very I, early after release, considering the show.
0: I was going to pick up the Omnibus, but then I realized that I had most of the mm. issues in floppies anyway. So I was like, well, I'll just buy the yeah. other like, three issues. I didn't mean to have them all in floppies. It's just one of those things I kept picking them up at like in dollar bins and stuff. and
1: Yeah, I think, I think my local run. comic shop has most, if not all, of the issues from the run.
0: No, that's that's good stuff. Uh, uh, anything else?
1: Okay, I have one note which just says Abigail Brand exclamation point.
0: Oh yeah, she yeah. shows up with a which, space orb.
1: The orb will
0: be familiar to
1: anyone who's seen the show.
0: Yeah, hold on. Is David's not going to get captured so. and sent into space? Is he? That's that's no. not going to happen. They don't have the budget for I,
1: that. I don't know who they, owns they... sword either.
0: Well, because. Uh, Marvel's Agents of Mm S.H.I.E.L.D. are going into space this next season, so I don't know if they're saying, no, we're doing the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. Space seems like a weird stretch for this show. Like, I know this is a show that had several issues on the astral plane, but space seems like a push.
1: Uh, Abigail Brand is within the realm of character like Pete Wisdom, which Spurrier does excel in and is great to see. She's in... Uh, x-club as well
0: yeah he does he does a great job with that
1: yeah that would be everything then
0: but uh awesome well that's uh that is the book legion it's very good it should, you should be check it out
1: where all like comics really. are sold or at least orderable
0: from those places right yeah so yeah go uh go find it so that that's gonna do it for this episode of legion quest uh, if you like the show, then please go on to iTunes, wherever podcast you get them, leave us a rating and review. It's really nice. If you really like the show, everything that is done on it is supported through the Patreon at patreon.com slash Files, where you can throw some support and get some cool rewards, especially for the other stuff I do, like, uh, my website, xavierfiles.com, where I do weekly character posts about different X-Men and talk about them, uh, or the other podcast that I do weekly, which is Battle of the Atom, where me and my co-host talk about three different X-Men stories every week, and we decide which one's the best and which ones are not the best, and we put them on a you big You guys really suffered this week. And it's been a lot of fun. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, this this week after recording, we had to read the <laughs> worst X-Men story I've ever read ever, which is Marvel mangaverse x-men phoenix legacy of fire it's a book that they uh, i'm not getting into it go listen to that last episode it's called uh cry for the moon because we decided to take this and do an oops all anime ish episode where it's just all the manga inspired x-men stuff yeah anyway there is some good in that and then there's a, that lot is of a
1: thoroughly enjoyable episode nonetheless
0: awesome and matt where can people find you
1: I am Matt underscore Sibley on Twitter, and I'm also part of the Newsrama Restaurants review team. I'm going to have a review of Kyle Starks' Kill Them All out sometime next week. It's a delightful book, which uh, lampshades 90s action movies in the same way that his book Sex Castle did with 80s action movies. And I also think we should shout out Comics Will Break Your Heart from my colleagues George Marston and Pierce Leiden.
0: Yes, that's a good podcast. That's some good (laughs) stuff.
1: They t- uh, take one comic run, an episode, they normally have a guest, and it's talking about why that run is so revered by that person, and if it had any unfortunate effects, which contribute to the old adage of breaking your heart.
0: Right. No, that's uh, that's some good stuff. Uh, beyond that, I think next month we are just going to... Drop all pretense that this is a Legion-specific podcast, and just talk about what the X-Men books are doing right now. In case you wanted to jump in, so
1: because Legacy starting now. Sorry, it is. About to roll out
0: with that banner. Yeah, It'll be, uh, it'll be good stuff. And so after that,
1: after that month, it's in humans.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! I keep forgetting. I have to watch that. I'm. I'm gonna hate watch that so hard. Yeah, I
1: think I'm gonna do it as like a six-hour fever dream a couple days before
0: oh my gosh you know that's a warning
1: just for everyone in that we'll be doing that in november hopefully by the start of the new year the show will you know we'll know when it's coming back or we'll have news to talk about we've got to have something we've got to have something this season's killing yeah but presumably come 2018 we can be more directly on topic rather than tangentially
0: yep sounds good uh, until then, this has been Legion Quest. See you guys uh, next month. Bye-bye. Bye bye. David, 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 shall we begin?